1: Hello, you spectacular people. Welcome to this 290th episode of the History Ghost Bump podcast. Ghost tours for the theater of the mind. I'm your host, Diane. On this episode, you're all going to be doing a meetup with the rest of the spectacular crew and myself as we visit the Queen Mary in Long Beach, California. I'm going to be bringing you snippets from the tour, snippets of the group talking to each other, and a lot of the ghost stories that go with this magnificent ship. Before we get into that, I want to announce some changes that we've made to the tiers of sponsorship. First of all, we have added a new level. That is the $3 level, and that is the obelisk tombstone. So if you come in at that level, that will be the burial that you will be receiving. And then we made some changes to our $2 level. For everybody who was at $2, I would make a special video of a haunted location that I had visited or a cemetery. I've made about, I think, 17 or 18 of them. I went and looked at how many views I was getting and there was about maybe 10 people who were looking at these videos. Sometimes we were getting a few more. But when you consider that there's about 170 plus people that could look at the videos and I was only getting about 10 of them to look, I thought this is not a reward that people are interested in. I know what people are interested in. It's more content. So here's what I'm going to do. For a long while now, I've been doing an extra bonus podcast every single week for the executive producers. So they're getting four to five extra episodes every single month. And I know not everybody can pay $5 or more a month to help out the show. So the $2 level is now changed to instead of getting that video every single month, you're going to get one random bonus episode every month. For those of you coming in at the $3 level, you will be getting two bonus episodes every single month. And then, of course, for those of you at the $5 and above level, you'll just stay exactly where you are getting your four to five extra episodes every single month. If you want to find out how to get involved and signed up to do that, just head over to the HistoryGoesBump.com website and check out the Support the Show tab, and it'll tell you how you can sign up either at Patreon or PayPal. Either one works for me, and I will make sure you get out your bonus material. All right, let's welcome some people into the spookpacular crew. We want to welcome in Christina, Sonia, Christy, who spells her name just like my sister with a CH and a Y, Chance, Tina, Megan, David, Linda, Melvin, Joey, Sandra, Sarah with an H, Allie with an IE, and Rebecca. Welcome, everybody. And now, this moment, Naughtity. the moment Naughty was suggested by John Michaels. Humpty Dumpty is one of those fun nursery rhymes we all remember from childhood. Humpty Dumpty is this giant egg that has facial features and seems to be alive, which is weird enough. For some reason, he's sitting up high on a wall, falls, and breaks, and nobody can put him back together. I hate to ruin all your childhood memories, but apparently Humpty Dumpty was not an egg after all. He was a cannon, How did we get an egg from a cannon? Well, the nursery rhyme never said he was an egg. It would be Lewis Carroll's book, Through the Looking Glass, where we would get that idea, because the illustrator depicted Alice talking to an egg on that wall. The real Humpty Dumpty was a devastating heavy cannon used during the English Civil War in 1648. It was placed on the Church of St. Mary at the Wall to protect Colster, It was destroying the parliamentarian forces when a cannon shot blasted into the wall under Humpty Dumpty, bringing it down. So there was the great fall, and all the king's men were not able to lift the heavy cannon back up onto the wall and get it to work again. Why did they call a large cannon Humpty Dumpty? Because rotund men of the time were referred to as Humpty Dumpty. So now you know that Humpty Dumpty was not really an egg at all, even though that's what we were led to believe all these years. And that certainly is odd.
0: Creepy makes history more delicious.
1: And now, This Month in History. of January on the 23rd in 1957, Whammo bought the rights to the Pluto platter, which became the Frisbee. The original flying discs were probably invented by the Greeks, but it would be Walter Morrison and his wife that would devise the first light flying disc. This first version was a cake pan they tossed back and forth on a beach. After serving during World War II, Morrison and a partner produced the first plastic flying discs in 1948. Eventually, Morrison designed an even better model, and called it the Pluto Platter. He sold the rights to wham which is a toy company that has brought us such treasures as the hula hoop, slip and slide, hacky sack and silly string over the past 70 years. The founders of wham decided to call the disc Frisbee because college students at Yale University have been throwing pie tins from Frisbee Pie Company around on campus. The company redesigned the Frisbee giving it more rim thickness and mass and this made it more controllable. The Frisbee was inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame in
2: 1998.
1: We had a great time visiting the Queen Mary. There were 11 of us from the Spooktacular crew that did the tour. And I also want to give a shout out to Joyce and Robert who joined us for dinner. It was so great to have you guys there with us. We missed having you on the tour, but it was great having dinner. And also, Melissa ended up with the flu and couldn't join us. So I was really bummed about that. So we definitely missed having you with us, Melissa. I want to thank Christina and Chris for joining us, Leanna and her boyfriend, Chris, Beth and her husband, Adam, Deborah, Andrea, and then, of course, there was myself and Kelly. I want to give you a feel for what it's like to come on a History Goes Bump meetup. So have you guys ever been on the Queen Mary? Yes. Actually, we
2: came uh, in July. Um, we
1: were here for um, Midsummer Screen, which oh. is at the Long Beach Prevention Center. Okay. And,
2: um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, so... We're general geeks, but then we also really like uh, horror movies and stuff. Sure. And so we really like <laughs> wanted to want
1: oh, to yeah. go to to um, Midsomer oh, okay. even though a lot of it was where you get early previews of like the haunted houses, like Kelly likes. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. not scary. But hi!
2: Oh my gosh! Very nice to meet you. This is Chris. Yes. Nice to meet you.
1: But then the part you like, the, the haunted houses around uh-huh. Halloween. Yes. yes. Never. I have never. Have you guys? He has. I've I never made it through. Oh, oh, okay.
2: There was this like well, one kind of a little like, dramatic, I'm like kind of like very like haunted, kind of scary, like kind of bad experience, experience here, kind of here. Kind of like a show. <laughs> um, <laughs> the guy. Um, um, kind of the first scene was fine. The second kind of I saw some like hands house coming
1: house out of places. I mean, it was like.
2: They'll
0: think about it.
1: are, they are crazy.
0: Crazy. Yeah, usually not supposed
2: to know exactly. Yeah, it was like the, the first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is a couple yeah, of them. or yeah. yeah. me. Well, yeah. like he yeah. sent an investigation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, very cool. To yeah. to Did you yeah. get evidence? Yeah. It's like when they
1: were I'm first in some yeah. yeah. very popular past. Here's
2: your pen. Where are these guys? It's your pen. It's a ghost! Are you Christina? Hello? 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 Over here, come over. I didn't want. I wasn't sure I'm like doing. It yes, yes. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you. Thank
1: you for coming. Have you been on the Queen Mary before? Oh, good. I'm we're cool. not the but only I've virgins. Never,
3: you know, I've actually, been here. Very cool. Yeah, so
1: this was perfect. When you guys said you were gonna
3: be here, it's like great.
1: I've been wanting to check out the tour for a long time. Yeah, and then you get to hang out with people who all are kind of along the same lines of thinking. Yeah, there's maybe our something state going on. We got to go there. We see if I can a- We didn't get <laughs> to go to the. uh, was me. I saw.
2: Somebody stuff. posted yeah. that their voice was free like, because they're brunette. Our get, yeah. Is it her? Like, you okay. You're the one you're worried about getting your hair published or bring Yeah. Wait, do they. Actually, he <laughs> I
3: even
2: know it. this. <laughs> that, I've never heard that story. Is that? I've heard, heard that. Yeah, I've heard that. like brunette.
1: Light Sure, because I thought it'd be oh, kind yeah. of fun. So so yeah. nice, it's it's yeah. down yeah. near yeah. the um uh, Well, I'm door safe. The, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. safe. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you're safe for sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really
2: yeah you're even better than me.
1: We'll keep an eye out to see if any of Kelly's hair starts to pick <laughs> <Slow> up <down. laughs> like
2: this, you know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> is it just the status, status of
1: electricity? The one uh, down at the 13th. oh John Petter.
2: that was his name. Yeah. Okay. I know people have seen
1: the Yeah. Yep. It'd be interesting. Many, They don't let you go in where the uh, pool was, but when I was a kid, we came here to see the Spruce Goose, which is not here anymore. Um, and we came over. And I saw a little blonde girl yes. in the
2: pool area, and I asked my
1: grandfather about it. He's like, There's a blonde girl in the yeah, pool that's area that's been
2: closed for forever. Yeah, that's what But crazy. it's now closed off. You can't go they in it. They They're renting really Yeah, they like Because it's been, years. people have started stealing the. Piles and oh, stuff. Okay. Oh, well, I've been, I've been people... in it, but it was a long time Yeah, this, this this was like, <laughs> <Yeah. doing stuff laughs> like, like 35 I mean, years ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, yes. But but like, that's were where we've
3: seen it was that's gonna happen. Yeah. Anyway. That's, that's, that's what, what I was earlier. Peter James. Right. So there's, so, there's yeah. like a yeah.
0: renovation, yeah. but it's going to take Bond 20 years. He has a starting
2: with i investigated Peter James is gone? I think so. I didn't. Yeah. This is heavy. there. How's it going? I'm Chris. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Oh, nice meet you. we have two so, boyfriends so for Chris. Yeah. Nice How's it going? Nice
0: to meet you. Yeah, look at the show. So you have been listening to it? Yeah, too? I don't know. Just cut so, up kind of on okay. the Rome one, the Colosseum. Awesome. okay. Yeah, we, that's when we went on our honeymoon. Oh, to, uh, awesome. to so, like, we go there? We didn't do any ghost stuff. I but guess I were, it was still nice to see uh, in person. That's really I know, I didn't do any ghost stuff. Yeah, I know, like, now, I didn't know like, that was
1: an option. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, when I was looking up the stuff, with, like, a vampire tours, <laughs> I mean, all kinds of stuff, I cool. like, sweet. I know.
2: that sounds really no idea.
1: I guess I have a lot of stuff going on. I think every
2: old city probably has a history.
1: I mean
2: uh, you can only imagine, like I said, you know, here's America. You yeah, know, like, you know, 200 years, max,
1: on the East Coast, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. you go there and it's like,
2: you know, Caesar might have walked back. Yeah, it's yes. a thousand years. Yeah, literally, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's... Yeah, and it's amazing. It's hard to comprehend
0: you know? him, uh, So like, oh, we'll have to go overseas every so often. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, it a, is the MFU here? Yeah. A, a oh it's a recorder <laughs> the, the gadget makes it look so so fancy right yeah. it's just the mic and...
1: and this is what i usually get really? Like, oh, oh. really and well, i don't good. even do like the question and yeah, answer stuff I right right we just let it, it go that's where yeah it's yeah. it. like yeah. that works more effectively yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So. <laughs> we first featured the queen mary all the way back on episode 13 in november of 2014 i had the opportunity to visit this magnificent ship this last weekend and so on this episode we revisit the history and hauntings and share our own experiences from visiting the ship construction on the liner began in 1930 under john brown and company and was named for king george v's wife queen mary it would serve under various capacities over the decades and find its final home in long beach california where it now serves as a hotel and museum historical tours are offered as well as ghost tours and investigations And you know, we took advantage of the paranormal shipwalk. Join us as we board the Queen Mary and seek out her elusive spirits. already covered the Queen Mary on a previous episode, I didn't want to rehash all of the information that we did on the previous episode. I wanted to bring some new stuff for this one. Obviously, it's going to have our perceptions of what we got to experience on the ship. But I also wanted to share some fun facts about it as well. The Queen Mary sailed from 1936 to 1967. The article that ran in the Daily Telegraph when the Queen Mary launched said that the ship would quote Carry British maritime supremacy to still greater heights. End quote. And the ship was very fast. In fact, it won the Blue Riband in August of 1936, which was awarded to the fastest ship across the Atlantic. She lost it the following year, but got it back the next year and held it until 1952. It's a long time to hold that record. The Queen Mary had onboard kennels, and these were used once by Elizabeth Taylor for her French poodle Tini in 1947. The ship also had a music studio, nurseries, libraries, beauty salons, a lecture hall, two swimming pools, a garage for 36 cars, and telephone connectivity to all over the world. Amazing. The kitchens were large enough to serve 50,000 meals a crossing. There was also the technological marvel of a map in the dining room that featured the Atlantic Ocean and a crystal model of the Queen Mary that moved on the map according to where the ship was located. The turbo generators on the Queen Mary could power a city of 100,000 people. These things were just immense. Now that's pretty much all I'm going to get into when we talk about the history of the ship. Because you guys can go back and listen to episode 13 to get all that. The main gist of this show is going to be the ghosts. And we heard all kinds of ghost stories on this tour. I also think I picked up a couple of weird anomalies. I'm not sure if they're EVP. I'm not exactly sure what they are. When I get done with everything, I'll go ahead and play those for you guys and see what you think. Keeping in mind that the ship had a lot of people on it. There were dueling pianos going on. There's a lot of background noise. So these are certainly not something I would ever send off to the Skeptics International Convention and say, hey guys, I've got some convincing evidence for you. But I'll have you guys listen and see what you think. So let's talk about our first ghost. William Stark had been an employee on the ship, and one night after he got off his shift, he went to get some gin. He noticed a burning when he drank his drink, but he ignored it, thinking the alcohol was unusually strong. When his shipmates joined him, they immediately could smell that something was wrong with the gin. A steward had poured some excess tetrachloride into an old gin bottle. Unfortunately, that's what Stark had picked up. Stark had not been able to smell the tetrachloride because he'd had a cold, so he was kind of stuffed up. When his crewmates found out and told Stark, he just laughed it off. He didn't seek medical attention. Since he wasn't immediately sick, he just said, "Well, I I think I'm going to be okay, guys. I'm just going to go ahead and go sleep it off. Well, he did fall ill later that night. He was found in a coma in the morning. He died two days later, and they gave him a burial at sea. Stark is said to haunt the ship now, and he does it in a variety of ways. Of course, people have heard disembodied voices. They occasionally hear him knocking in areas where he would have been working on the ship. And a tour guide was taking a group through one time and somebody was going through with a recorder like I was and they caught an EVP, they believe, of William Stark saying, get out. And people think that that is Stark just trying to keep people away from the bridge because that's where they picked up the audio. Riffraff like us are not allowed on the bridge, so apparently this tour group, he was trying to make sure they didn't get in there. Next, our tour guide told us a ghost story that involved the elevator. And I'm going to let her share that with you.
3: Now, I don't know if you folks have had the chance to ride one of our original elevators yet today. Uh, but if you have, you'll probably have noticed that the inside doors are pretty reflective. Now, in 2012, 2013, there was a woman that was working in the department that I am a part of Attractions. Now, she was here before I was hired. She was distracted with her paperwork. She waited to the elevators and pressed the key. Now the elevator happened to be on her deck, so the doors opened. She was still distracted with her paperwork, so she stepped inside, turned around to press the call button to go to the right deck. Now as she turned around to press the right button, she finally looked up from her paperwork, and she noticed that in those reflective doors, there was a reflection of somebody standing behind her. Now she felt pretty silly because we always like to make sure that our guests feel welcome. So if we get on an elevator with one of you guys, we always like to say, "Hi, who are you? Can I help you get to the right deck?" So she turned around to apologize, say, "I'm so sorry, I was distracted and didn't see you. Can I help you get where you were going?" But there was nobody behind her. And when she turned back around, the reflection in the door was gone. She filled out her paperwork and quit that <laughs> afternoon. This is not the first or the last time that somebody has quit because of the spirits on board the Queen Mary.
1: The piano in the starboard lounge features Our Lady in White. Yes, of course, she'd have to make an appearance on the Queen Mary. The piano that she said to haunt is original to the ship. She seems to be attached to this piano. She's usually seen as a full-bodied apparition next to it or dancing near it. The piano had been moved from another deck and the spirit followed the piano. That's why they think she's attached to it in some way. But she does occasionally wander away from it. A photographer was on the ship one night and he believes he caught her standing in the middle of a hallway. And he had not seen her before he took the picture. He was just shooting one of those long shots down the hallway. I took one and put it up on Instagram and over on Facebook as well. And she showed up in his picture. She's also been seen in the Queen's Salon, which has a stage. And on the night we were doing the tour, they had a dueling piano show going on in there. For those of you who are in the HGB Losers Club, we did a live Facebook video and showed you the interior parts of the ship. And that was one of the rooms that we did show you. So, on the room that has the pianos up at the front on the stage, that's the Queen Salon. There was a piano in there, and a tour guide had a little bit of talent when it came to playing piano. So, he said, I'm going to jump on this piano and I'm going to play a little music for you guys. So, he's playing the piano for his tour group. And a person in his group caught a ghost in a photo as he was playing. They believe it was the lady in white. Now, who is she? A lot of people believe that she was a war bride that was brought over after the war. A lot of women came over on the Queen Mary for that reason. This woman probably was not met by her husband when the ship got to port in New York. She maybe killed herself in sorrow or returned later in life after she died to a place where she had lost her love. Our tour guide also told us that there was a lady in red on the ship. But we didn't hear any stories that pertain to her. She just mentioned that they had a spirit that was called the Lady in Red. As we walked down the halls, we passed room A023. And it has a little story to go with it as well.
3: Now, the real reason we stop anywhere on a ghost tour is to hear a ghost story. On our way here, we passed room A023. Now, there was once a pilot staying in that room. He had an early morning flight the next day. So he was settling in, trying to get some rest. And as he was settling in, he heard a loud crash come from the bathroom. Now, he decided that he wasn't going to investigate right that minute. He had to be up early, he needed his rest, he needed sleep. So he rolled over to go to sleep. As he rolled over, he noticed somebody sitting at the desk in his room, going over paperwork. But he was in a three alone. Now, apparently, the gentleman going over paperwork looked up from the desk. The two men caught eyes, and then the man at the desk disappeared. Now the pilot did what he think any of the rest of us would do, and simply pulled the covers over his head, pretended like it had never happened, and went back to sleep. Now, the next morning, he got up, went to go investigate, and he discovered his toiletry bag. All of the toiletries had been dumped out of the bag into the sink. And the bag itself have been discarded into the
1: tub. Classes of ride on the Queen Mary were according to the smoothest ride versus decks. You might remember from the Titanic that different levels of decks were for different levels of, I guess you could say, income. And steerage was generally put down in the bottom of the ships on the the lowest decks. Well, for the classes of ride, the middle of the ship is generally the best place to be if you don't want to get rocked around a lot. So that's where a lot of the more wealthy were at. For people who were on the front or back of the ship, they were offered tuck-in service. And what this was is stewards would go from room to room and tuck people into bed really tight so they wouldn't fall out at night when the ship would be rocking around. I can only imagine how green in the gills each of us would get if we had to be tucked into our bed to keep us from rolling out of it. There was a flight of stairs near the front of the ship, and this is the third-class staircase. It's very steep. When there were high seas, that stairway would go from a 45-degree angle to almost 90. And it would happen in a matter of seconds, so people were thrown very often down this flight of stairs or thrown from it, and a few of them did actually die. We went to the bottom of the stairs, and when you get down to the bottom, you look over to the left, and there's a door there that says Third Class Nursery on it. Now, of course, it's not being used as a nursery anymore. It's mostly just used as a storage closet, but people do say that that room is haunted. They'll hear children's voices in there, even though it hasn't been used for a nursery for many decades. Another room that we passed while we were walking down the hallways was B340. And this is probably a room for those of you who watch a lot of those ghost shows out there have heard about this room because it is reputedly the most haunted room on the ship. There were so many complaints about the activity in this room that the Queen Mary was basically forced to shut the room off for service. They did it for a decade. I think they were just tired of giving people refunds. Well news got out that they had this haunted room so a lot of these ghost hunter tv shows came and they would stay in that room and they were getting all kinds of activity and such and because it was getting really well known interest skyrocketed in the room. So the Queen Mary remodeled it and opened it to the public in April on Friday the 13th of course. Guests have to sign a waiver to stay overnight. The kind of activity that goes on in here includes drawers opening and closing on their own and the water shutting on and off by itself. Now that to me sounds, I know it's a little unnerving, but it sounds pretty tame, right? I don't know that I would demand a refund just because the water is shutting itself on and off or some drawers are opening and closing. So I think we've got some other, maybe a little bit disconcerting activity going on here that maybe they don't talk a whole lot about. And that of course would be You're being touched, seeing full-bodied apparitions. I have heard stories of people being pushed out of bed in there and that it does occasionally get violent, which might be why they have you sign a waiver. Of course, they don't want to be giving refunds either. And I didn't check into prices, but I imagine they charge you more for having a ghost in your room too. We continued to work our way down the ship, and I mean down as in decks. We went down to the isolation ward for those who were sick with infectious disease. Along the walls are lists of all the passengers who died on board and what they died from. There were also lists of all crew who had died on board. Then on another wall, there were several lists, and what those turned out to be were stowaways. They'd be kept in a separate area of the isolation ward, so they wouldn't put them in with anybody who was infectious, and they actually didn't have that many people on board who had infectious disease, but they didn't want them on the rest of the ship either because, of course, they hadn't paid for their trip. So this was kind of an onboard prison for them. Some of the names had stars next to them, and this meant that they were able to wire home to get their family to help pay for their passage. Some people feel emotions down here like anxiety and fear. And guides think this is because two of the stowaways committed suicide before reaching port. I don't know if they were afraid of being arrested, if they were ashamed of what they'd done, not sure But there is record of two of those stowaways committing suicide and there were stars next to their names on these lists. Now, as we made our way to the isolation ward, we passed a set of creepy looking stairs and they led down to some boarded up looking doors. It was fenced off so you couldn't go down the stairs and then you couldn't see what the stairs actually led into. This was the cold holding area and this was used for desserts like cheesecake and other kinds of cakes, ice cream that they wanted to keep cold on board. This would also serve as cold storage for dead bodies. And in case you think this is a thing of the past, cruise ships still do this if someone dies on board. So maybe you don't want ice cream the next time you're on a cruise. As we move from the isolation ward, we came to the first class pool. The pool is considered the most active area of the ship. I remember when we talked about it on episode 13, we had a lot of stuff to share about that. For those of you who listen to Bizarre States, I know that Jessica Chobot, the experience that she had on the Queen Mary was in the pool area. I think her husband had a flashlight that turned on and off by itself. You can't actually go into the pool area anymore. Took a couple of pictures from the outside. It does look very creepy in there, but none of us saw a little girl. And that is who the most famous spirit here is is a little girl that they say is named Jackie.
3: Now, the reason the pool is so popular is because it's a pretty active spot on board the Queen Mary. People report seeing a woman in a 30s style bathing suit diving off the edge of the pool and disappearing. People have also seen wet footprints, even though there is no water in the pool, it's just a lighting projector. Uh, Other people have actually found puddles of pool water in places. It's also home to probably our most infamous spirit, Jackie. She's a little girl, somewhere between the ages of six and eight years old. She has blonde hair and blue eyes, and she's actually a pretty playful little spirit. A lot of the time, people will see her skipping along the edge or peeking over railing, kind of like she's trying to get you to play peekaboo or hide and seek with her. Other people have reported hearing her singing, and parents sometimes feel like a little hand has taken theirs. Jackie was spotted as recently as a week ago, and I know that because I happened to be the tour guide on that tour. It was uh, a paranormal shipwalk tour much like this. We will be headed down to the pool cutout, but I was doing this route in essentially reverse for the tour because I knew they needed to end up back in the hotel portion of the ship. So I went backwards through this route, We passed the pool cutout, came up here, and as I was telling the story, one of the girls on my tour, she's probably 14, 15, because it was a tour for a high school, started freaking out, and of course, I start freaking out, because I think she's hurt herself, or she's having a heart attack, or her appendix burst, something terrible, so I stop everything and going, oh my God, are you okay, what's happening, and she just keeps saying, that's what I saw, that's what I saw, I swear to God, that's what I saw, she claims... She saw Jackie peeking over a railing while we were down at the side cutout of the pool. Now Jackie is the probably most powerful spirit on board the Queen Mary because she was the only one ever spotted off ship. I'm sure you noticed the big dome at the back of the property when you parked today. It originally held Howard Hughes's airplane, the Spruce Goose. Now while the spruce Goose was in there, security guards from the ship would make a round through the dome to make sure it wasn't being damaged. And one of our security guards went to do his round and discovered a little girl, matching Jackie's description, standing on the wing of the plane. When he called out to her, kid, what are you doing? She jumped off the wing of the plane
2: and vanished.
3: Now, security guards also used to have to make a lap through the first class pool while it was open just to make sure it wasn't being damaged as well. One of our security guards did not believe in spirits whatsoever. He thought it was all nonsense. I quit. What? I bet quit. Well, he would actually entertain himself as he walked through the pool by shouting rude things at Jackie. Now, nothing ever really came of it, so he took that as his personal proof that spirits didn't exist. And One day, came down, unlocked the door, Was waiting for him, Jackie, and she actually screamed at him for being so rude to her all the times that he had walked through. Now, sure enough, he did quit. As far as how Jackie ended up in the pool, we're actually not sure. The most obvious explanation would be that a little girl drowned, that's why she haunts it. (laughs) Problem is, is we do not have record anywhere of a child drowning on board this ship. We have had children die before, but it was usually because they were already ill by the time they got to the ship. No record of drowning. And the only reason we know her name is Jackie is because that's what she told psychic investigators while they were investigating the pool. Now, if no child drowned in there, how did she get there? We do think because there was a time when the Queen Mary held a lot of children on board, Records were sealed, and there was water in the second-class pool. Perhaps this is where Jackie comes in. It's those bride and baby crossings. Of course, the whole point of a bride and baby crossing is to bring children across the Atlantic, so the Queen Mary would have a lot of them on board. The records were sealed because it was a military operation, and there was water in the second-class pool because it had been converted to laundry. To keep up with the amount of cloth diapers being used on board. In fact, these voyages sometimes are referred to as Operation Diaper. So we think Jackie was a little girl during Operation Diaper, she was here on the Queen Mary, made her way to the second class pool, probably while it was being refilled after being drained and cleaned, and she somehow drowned there. But the second class pool has since been removed. It was converted to the Royal Theatre which is today our 4d theater so the idea is that when that area of the ship is removed jackie simply upgraded herself to first class
1: (laughs) then we continue down into the boiler rooms and i want you to come along with us to the boiler rooms Close your eyes for a moment. Imagine, if you will, that you've climbed on the elevator leading down to the bowels of the ship, the boiler rooms. The elevator bounces up and down as it calibrates for weight. You ride down 36 feet and the doors open. You look up and you see these catwalks all over above you, maybe a foot wide. You can't even imagine walking along those They're so dangerous. The boilers were even more dangerous. The men who worked down here worked in four hour shifts, and they would walk around with wooden sticks in front of them to reveal leaks because they could not see steam leaks with their eyes. There'd be an indication that there was a leak, but no location, so they didn't know where it was coming from. The steam was so hot and pressurized that it would slice the stick in half when it would blow. One man was down here, and he was getting ready to leave his shift. As he approached the area where they clocked out, a pipe burst and knocked him from the platform, and he fell to the floor of the boiler room. The fall wasn't that drastic, so it probably didn't kill him, but the steam most certainly did. Workers would whistle to each other or knock on pipes to communicate with each other, so now disembodied or phantom whistles or knocks are heard. Footsteps on the catwalks are heard as well and there's absolutely no way for people to get up there anymore. Most of them are falling apart so you wouldn't want to be up on them. So there's no explanation for why there is a sound of people walking around. Henry is the ghost that is said to be down here and he is the most malevolent spirit on board. He scratches and pushes people. Not everybody thinks that he's doing that because he's a mean guy Some people wonder if he's just trying to warn people and keep them out of the boiler room because clearly we don't work here, so we shouldn't be down where the boilers are. And since it is so dangerous, he might be pushing and scratching to get us to leave. So he's really just trying to protect people. But I say if you're scratching me, you're probably not trying to help me. We're going to continue forward now and past the boilers, and we're going to start going through some of these watertight doors that are on the Queen Mary. They were built with lessons in mind from the Titanic. The doors on the Titanic basically compartmentalized the water, but they weren't truly watertight. And we all kind of know that. If you've seen the movie Titanic, they explain it really well in that that once the boat starts to list, the water could go over these watertight doors and just spill into the next compartment and then into the next compartment and the next compartment. So these doors were built that when they were sealed tight, water wasn't going anywhere past those doors. There was no part at the top that the water could go over. And when she served during the war, she would sail with those doors sealed tight just in case they were hit. They would already be prepared. They were also sealed at other times through the years whenever the ship encountered rough water. They just wanted to be prepared in case anything happened they didn't want to have something like the Titanic happen again, so these watertight doors would get sealed quite often. It's at watertight door 13 that we have another one of our ghost stories.
3: Now, in 1966, the Queen Mary did get some fog. The captain decided that he would order watertight doors sealed because they couldn't tell where they were going. They were really worried about hitting something. They wanted to be ahead of the game. Now, up in the bridge, there's a panel of lights. Each one of those lights indicates one of the watertight doors. Now those lights would click on one by one as the door was <clears> sealed <throat> properly. Now he noticed that the light for your team had not clicked on. Now, he figured there was either a short in the panel or maybe something was blocking the door. But either way, somebody had to come down and investigate now, when this crew member arrived at door 13, he was met with a horrific sight. An 18-year-old fireman from the boiler room had gotten crushed in the watertight door. He with about 700 pounds of pressure, and what was worse was that this young man was actually still alive when <laughs> his crewmate found him. He was unconscious, but he was still breathing. Now, the doctors gave him some warning for the pain. They opened the watertight doors, but unfortunately, he would die on his way to the doctor's office. There was no coming back from that. Now, as far as how this young man became trapped in door 13, we're actually not sure. A popular theory is that he was playing chicken, jumping back and forth across the door because they took 30 to 40 seconds to close. Now, we have been told that that wasn't very likely because the Queen Mary was considered one of the safest ships in the season. So, had one of her crew members, been acting so foolish and reckless, he actually would have lost his job. He would have been kicked off at the next port and he would have had to find his own way home. Now another popular theory is that he dropped something he needed. A lot of the time, the men that worked in the boiler room would take a break in the engine room because it was much cooler. Especially back by the propeller shafts because the constant spinning kept the area much cooler. So the idea is that this young man was taking his break back by the propeller shaft, and then the captain ordered the doors sealed. And he needed to be back in the boiler room in time for emergency roll call. So, he ran through the doors instead of waiting for the doors to seal all the way, and then walked through manually opening them. He made it through door 13 just fine, and realized he cropped his tools. When he turned around to pick them back up, that was when he misjudged the timing, now, to this day, people come down to door thirteen. They report feeling messed with like if somebody is poking them or patting them on the back. Sometimes, when this happens, people will come away with see smudges, or handprints on them. Other people have reported hearing disembodied whispers, and still others swear that they come down to door thirteen. They hear a voice ask, "Have you seen my wrench?" Folks, this is watertight door number 13, the original. It has not been moved. Aren't you glad I made you walk through it before
1: it? When the Queen Mary arrived in Long Beach, California in 1967, it was agreed that she would be decommissioned, and so all of her 27 boilers were dismantled, along with both turbo generator rooms and the forward engine room. Three of her four massive propellers were also removed as a part of this process. The one that is left is in a specially built box and still attached to the ship. You can see the screws, which are 18 feet in diameter. And the propeller weighs a total of 32 tons and is made of manganese bronze. And uh, I took a picture of this propeller. I put it up on Instagram and also on Facebook. Another propeller is on display near the entrance of Carnival Cruise Line's parking structure on the other end of the property. It used to be mounted in the Queen Mary Seaport Village, but was moved a few years ago due to renovations. A third propeller is located behind that second one, and the fourth prop is located at the Los Angeles Maritime Museum in San Pedro, California. The Queen Mary is a gorgeous ship that I recommend you make time to visit at some point in your lifetime. It carries you back to a bygone era, and just maybe something from the past will make itself known to you. Is the Queen Mary haunted? That is for you to decide. So, of course, everybody wants to know, did we have any experiences while we were on the tour? Well, I'm sad to say we really didn't have anything that I would call conclusive. We got some strange pictures. We'll get some of those posted up in the Spooktacular crew. And as I listened through all the audio, I got a couple of things that are strange that I'm going to play for you. But I wouldn't say that they are definitive by any means. We obviously have a lot of contamination going on on the ship because you've got a ton of people on it, a lot of noise going on, so it's really hard to catch something. This first one that I'm going to play for you, I'll play it once, twice, and then tell you what I think we have going on with it. And I'll play it again. (laughs) To me, it almost sounds like you can hear something talking behind us that's a little bit different in tonage. Sounded maybe like a kid. I'm not sure. It just didn't seem like it was anybody who was in our group whispering or anything. It just, it had enough of a different tone to it that it, to my ears, sounded out of place. I'll go ahead and play it again. This next bit that I'm going to play for you, I'm going to play you the... Unamplified version first, and I'm going to play a longer piece of it just so you can kind of get a feel for what the sound sounds around us, what the background noise sounds like, what the people in our group sound like, because I want you to pick up something kind of towards the beginning that sounds a little bit different than everything else. So here's the full little piece. (laughs)
3: I <laughs> oh, the pool. Right. Uh, I see a few of you have figured out where we are. This is the first class swimming pool.
1: Now, I'm going to play the EVP, just the part that I really want you to hear, and I'm going to play the particular part that I think might be something other than human in a more amplified version.
2: Uh And I'm going to
1: play it again. It's possible that we had someone who sounded like a young girl, but we didn't have any children on the tour with us. You have to be 16 and older to be with us. This sounded like somebody who was younger. I'm not willing to say, could it have been Jackie, the nine-year-old? But it just sounds like a very young voice. And I don't know that anybody in our tour group as I was listening to the audio for the whole hour and a half that we were on this tour, I didn't hear anybody that had a voice like that because this really stuck out to me. Not only that, it sounds almost like an announcement or a tour guide. It, it almost sounds like the tour guide is telling us something about the pool over here. Only this definitely was not Kate, our tour guide. She did not sound like that. and You've heard her voice a couple of times now, so you definitely know that's not how she sounds. Not only that, if it was somebody in our group, I don't know why they would be talking as if they're telling you about the pool. You hear that guy going, oh, there's the pool over here. And that's the reaction that I think you would get from most people is, oh, it's the pool, ooh. Instead of almost sounding like they're trying to tell you about the pool, as if you're having a tour guide talk to you. So was this possibly Jackie talking about the pool that she enjoys now? I'll play it again for you. And then one more time. What do you think? I leave it to you to decide. Again, thank you to everybody who met up with me in Long Beach. We had a great time. I just love meeting you guys. You are definitely the highlight for me about doing the podcast is getting a chance to meet you guys and hanging out with like-minded people and just having a really good time. So I hope a lot of you can meet up with me in the future for some of the other stuff that we are doing. I encourage you guys to check out the website at historyghostbump.com and if you'd like to send me some feedback, you can do that at historyghostbump at gmail.com. And I do have a couple of emails I wanted to share. First, Jenna wrote me, and she was very nice about telling me how to pronounce something. If you think back to when I was talking about the Squirrel Cage Jail, that episode, I was talking about a listener email that we had gotten, and it was about an event that took place on a place that I had called Haida Gwaii. Well, apparently it's not Haida, and I I figured I got it wrong. It basically ignores the A, Jenna says. The way that I was saying it, Haida, it actually is Haida. So I believe it's Haida-gwa. So I want to thank you, Jenna, for sending me that so that I know how to say it right in the future. And then I got an email from Rhoda, and she wrote, Last year my family went to Fort Sill for my son's BCT graduation, and we learned that Geronimo was buried there. We found the Apache cemetery, and it was easy to determine which tomb was his. We noticed that people leave things at his tomb, so we weren't sure what we could leave. We decided to leave wild pecans we had just picked. We visited several tombs while we were there and then got back in the truck. The windows were open and as we were leaving, my youngest daughter, who was 10 at the time, yelped, ouch! She said she was looking out towards the graves and saw a pecan flying towards her, hitting her right in the center of her forehead very hard. It's a year since this happened and she still claims it hurt at the time. We were the only visitors in the cemetery also. I'm not sure what would have been a better gift to leave, but apparently not pecans. So I I love that story. Was it Geronimo saying you can keep your pecans? I don't like them. I personally don't care for them either. I don't know that I would peg you in the forehead if you gave them to me, though. Thanks for sharing that, Rhoda. Then I have a few reviews from Apple Podcasts to share. First one is from Sage Wage. Tons of fascinating info, five stars. We love to travel, so it's great to get the inside scoop on these places. We try to visit them when we travel. Love the Whidbey Island one. Well, fabulous. Thanks for sharing that review. Whole Famine, best podcast out there, five stars. I'm a longtime follower and a proud spooky supporter. Diane's commitment to this production is evident in every episode. She does an incredible job of combining history and the paranormal, and I look forward to every new offering. Thank you and gaming unicycle style five-star podcast, five stars. I love this podcast. I've been listening for about a year now and can't get enough. The host is fabulous and presents the stories in a way that is engaging and pleasing to listen to. A lot of research goes into each topic, and it shows. The podcast is like hearing an old friend recount ghostly tales. I highly recommend it to anyone. Well, thanks, everybody. I greatly appreciate your reviews. I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode. I've been your host, Diane. You take care now. Bye-bye. This episode has been brought to you by our executive producers.
0: Dispatches from the Grave Digger.
1: we like to welcome into the graveyard, Rosie Loftus, who will be getting a chest tomb, and Gabriela Barrera, who will also be getting a chest tomb. Thank you, ladies. Joyce Serpas, thank you for raising your level of donation. We're going to be moving you to a marble headstone. And Soap Bartholomew, thank you for raising your donation. You're going to be getting an obelisk headstone. Hope you guys enjoy that new bonus content. All right, Mort, it's time for more of your eulogies.
0: Eulogies by Mort A wakute was a fan of the vintage and gothic, but I really hope not the demonic. Those guys give me quite a scare she's buried in something fitting for a renaissance fair whitney zayar had been a world traveler when talking legends she wasn't cavalier she loved to share about history so her love of hgb wasn't a mystery Amy Smith was from the Buckeye State. I got a thrill every month she would donate. She was a member of the HGB running club. I buried her next to this nightshade shrub. Breanne Barr was a big fan of true crime, and she thought ghosts were sublime. She had lived in the state of the peach. I think life is a swamp, not a beach. Lori Sold was a lady full of fun. She had moved to a new house in Oregon. She liked to make live videos. I wonder how a video from the grave goes. Suzanne Silk had lived in Panama City. She's the subject of this witty ditty. She was the creator of Cemetery Bingo, a cool game featuring Mylingo. Mackenzie Grandel lived in the state of cheese. She gave free mom hugs with ease. Would she give hugs to someone creepy, that would definitely make me weepy. sociable, drop the chain rattling, neck biting and shape shifting and join us on Facebook and Twitter at History Goes Bump like the page and follow
2: us